I want us to begin with our foundation scripture we began last week, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And we're talking about taking responsibility over what God has given to us. Um, it says this, then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, let them have dominion. Everybody say dominion. dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the, all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So in the beginning of time, there wasn't one above the other. Male and female were exactly in the same plane. And that's how God always orchestrated things. And then it says here, it says, then uh, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And then it says, fill the earth. That word fill means to replenish and to restore. Remember that, replenish and to restore the earth. That was the mandate God gave to men, that was you and I. And he said, then subdue it. In other words, uh, church, anything that's been depleted, anything that's been lost can be replenished. Anything that's been depleted in your life or lost in your life, even stolen, can be restored, replenished or restored. Have dominion of the fish of the sea or the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we zeroed in and we'll continue to do so today on dominion and what dominion actually means. So he said he gave all of us dominion, okay? That means supreme authority, it means to have control over. It means to have rulership. It means to have lordship. These are the things God says I give to you, okay? Supreme authority to have control over your situation, to have rulership, lordship, and also means to authorize. Everybody say, I am authorized. You are authorized according to God's will and plan that he birthed you into the earth with. It's never stopped. That plan is still going today. That mandate to replenish and restore is still happening today. That way you never have to worry about lack. God's giving you the ability to put it back. And if he don't, he don't put it back for you, I'm going to show you in Scripture where the devil's got to put it back. But it's coming back in Jesus' name. So if you've been authorized or been given authorization, it means you've been made responsible to make sure that the stock in your life is replenished or whatever you're involved in, whether it be this church, whether it be your job, your family unit, whatever it is, you have been authorized to make sure, you've been given that responsibility to make sure the stock is replenished. Again, let's have audience participation. Everybody say restocked and say restored. That's what we're called to do. Let me make this statement. Those who have been authorized observes what's lacking or lost, and seeks to address it. They never shrink from responsibility. I'm going to say it this way. Those who have been authorized don't shrink from responsibility because they know they take ownership of what God has given them. Authorization gives you the ability to respond. Did you hear that? Authorization gives you the ability to respond. In other words, it's response, response, Ability, y'all slow, but you're worth waiting on. Response ability. Authorization gives you the ability to respond. In other words, it gives you response ability, thus making you responsible to take your authority and bring change to your situation. We all want change, but very few actually see it take place in their life. Jesus is the greatest example of this because here he is, he's asleep. In the, in the boat, and he told them we're going to cross and go to the other side, and now they're heading to the other side, and he falls asleep, okay? Now, on the way there, the Bible says there was a squall, uh, a great tempest, a storm that came up out of nowhere, out of the blue, a genome. 
It's what we, we called in the Greek. And it was there to, to, to capsize them, to take them down as it would any other ship. And it's, it's threatening to do it. It's beginning to do it. So they go and they wake Jesus up. And Jesus, by the way, represents the word of God. And they go and they wake up Jesus. They wake up the word. Says, Master, don't you care that we perish? And he said, what's the matter with you guys? He gets up on the stern of the boat and he points. And the Bible says he points to the wind and he speaks and he says, peace be still. And the Bible said in that very moment, everything went silent. Everything went peaceful. Birds were chirping in the air. Sun began to shine in a moment's time. Why? Because Jesus in that storm took responsibility. Come on, somebody. He had the authorization from God. Therefore, he had the ability to respond to a storm. I'm talking to some people today. You might be going through a storm right now that came up out of nowhere. But I'm here to tell you, God's given you authority to speak and declare peace. Be still. Let's say it together. Peace. Be still. I got half y'all shouting and clapping. The rest of y'all, we're going to get you there. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Didn't leave none of them out. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Here he is. Our Jesus ministering to the multitude of people, thousands of people thronging him because people need breakthroughs. And the world still hasn't changed. People today still need breakthroughs. And they know, if we, if they, they know the answer when they see it. And so Jesus is this miracle worker. He's this, he, is the, he is coming as this person who can bring them out of their bondage. And, and it's working, and so they're thronging him. And he's so tired, folks. He's just human in that nature. He has to go to sleep like everybody else. He has to eat. He has to do those things. He has responsibilities other than ministry. But here's what happens is he looks back and sees the multitude. He sees the people who are in need. And Jesus begins to be moved with compassion because they were, he said, because he saw that they were weary. He saw that they were scattered like sheep having no shepherd. What's happened here? Jesus is beginning to feel responsible for the people he's ministering to. He's no longer just there to grab a crowd and minister to the people and go home at night and have a late night dinner and enjoy his life. But now he's actually feeling responsible to the people God is sending him. And when he felt responsible, it's not in this particular text, but the same text is read uh, in the other gospels. And it says what he did, he turned, moved in compassion, and healed them all. So the power of God will show up even in your weariness when you just simply say, I'm going to take responsibility what God's asking me to do. So Jesus saw the need, folks, and took responsibility for it, and change came. Miracles came. Breakthrough came as a result. And church, need is what connects you to your purpose. Can I say that one more time? Need is what connects you to your purpose. Don't look at need as something to overwhelm you. Something that's trying to bring you down. Something you want to go away from. And man, I got so much pressure on me right now. I don't need to deal with any more need. How many has got enough need of your own? You don't really want to hear anybody else's need too. I got my hand up. 
But there is an anointing that God gives every one of us. And the anointing is found in the need because the need actually is what's connecting me to my purpose. And sometimes the things that you got a need for and aggravate you the most and you don't have an answer for and nobody else is giving the answer, God's anointing you to step forward in faith to get the answer. Google it. Or get in your Bible. That might even be better, praise God. Find where you can meet the need or begin the process because responsibility will bring change. When something needs to change, God has authorized you to address it. A lot of sick people out there. That's why he said, you lay hands upon the sick. You hear what I'm saying? You. Well, there's blind people. Lay hands upon the blind and they'll be, they'll be able to see, get their sight. On and on and on, the word of God puts it back in your lap and says, okay, there is need. What are you going to do about it? Sometime years ago, some of you have heard this testimony. Uh, one of my friends was back in my um, gym days working out and stuff, and the guy that I worked out with, my partner, um, he, was, he didn't know the Lord, and I had come back to the Lord strong by, you know, in the middle of us having a friendship. And so, you know, I'm trying to testify. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be responsible, you know. And, 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 and it's hard because he's a little bit older than me, and, and you know, and uh, he knew me when I was in my sin. But now I want to I show him Jesus, right? So we start talking about the Lord. He just cuts me off one time, and, and he gets angry with me. And he says, well, if God is real, then why does he allow all the starving children to starve to death? And I said, that's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. I said, but can I ask you a question? Now, this was the wisdom of God because I didn't have any wisdom. With that. I didn't have an answer. It just came up out of my mouth. I said, can I ask you a question? He goes, yeah. I said, what have you done to reach and touch the starving children of the world? You want to blame God, but the Bible, and I just said, the Bible says that God has given us the earth and made us responsible. It's what we do that God anoints and blesses. Amen. Now, listen, let me say this again. Your need brings change. It authorizes you to address it. He, God, makes you responsible. And whatever, whatever you make yourself responsible for, that's where change begins. That's what change begins to happen. An owner, an owner takes loss personal. Right? Man, I, I don't want to ever buy a car from um, uh, Enterprise. I mean, I, Enterprise, we use them all the time. But I don't want to buy a car from Enterprise. Why? Because I know them fools driving them cars don't care about those cars. And they're just running them up and bumping into stuff. And Come on. Throwing stuff around. They don't care. You know why? They don't own the vehicle. They're only leasing the vehicle. Right? So they pass the buck to somebody else. But when you own something, you buy that new car, I don't care if it's 30 below zero in Wisconsin. At Target, you're going to park in the furthest 50-acre away spot so nobody will bump your precious car. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Why? You take loss personal, right? Because there's, that's because the people that take it personal is because they're responsible for what they have. It actually matters to them what happens. I don't know about you, but I've, I've been driving when 27th Street was blocked off for a long time there. And it seemed like it was blocked off forever. And even our street out here was blocked off for a long time. But uh, 27th, it was like a mess for a while. Y'all remember that? Couldn't even get to Omega. 
And now I guess nobody wants to go to Omega no more. I don't know about Omega, what you're doing anymore with Omega. But anyways, there was a time there. And, um, and so... You know, and so my point to you was, is that you had these rock piles over, and you couldn't get, and I would feel bad. Why would I feel bad? Because I started thinking about all these businesses, and you got all these mom and pop businesses that depend week to week. You know, it'd be like, it would be for you, Glennis, if, 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 if uh, would it be Walnut, off of Walnut you are, if they were tearing that road up, and it was so hard for your, your people to get there to buy from Speed Queen, she is the Speed Queen, by the way, she's the queen of speed. Barbecue, best barbecue, best barbecue in that complete county. Come on, somebody. I expect my free barbecue soon. Hallelujah for that little advertisement piece there. And it's hard because you depend week to week. It's tough on, on, on these businesses, right? And I would feel bad for them. Now, why would I feel bad for them, not my business? Because I know how it feels because I, nobody else takes care of this but me. And so when weather hits and people can't get to church, I, you know, I feel responsible for it. Why? Because we, this is how we do it, week to week, month to month, right? We don't have outside sources. The same is true in your life. You see, when it becomes, when it becomes personal to you and you take ownership of what God's given you and you get involved in the need and you become responsible for it, what happens to you? You, you start thinking differently. You start saying, I'm, this is ownership here. When, when I hear people say, uh, I just love your church. I know right away, they don't have any stock in this place at all. Well, what do you mean? And and if you said that, I'm not trying to, I don't even remember who you are if you did. But people say it all the time for years. Good people. But I I wait because I listen to the words that you're saying. What do I want to hear? I want to hear, I really love our church, Pastor. Because when you say our church, I know you've taken what? Personal responsibility. And if you've taken personal responsibility, then what? You have ownership. And if you get ownership here, that gives you authority in this place. Somebody say amen. Amen. So that's how it works. But when you start saying, we love your church, well, then now I know it's my church and it's not yours. But you enjoy the benefits when you come. Now, how can we take a city for Jesus fighting a 24-hour, seven days a week organized devil when we can't even get God's people to commit to his house on a weekly basis. I'm preaching a lot better than you all want to shout, but you ought to shout and pat yourself on the back this morning because you came to the house of God. That's a good thing. How are we going to do it? Why do we keep fooling ourselves? Yeah, we're going to take the devil down. We can't get people organized enough just to make it to church every Sunday. Or how about giving your tithes and your offerings? Because I really know who you are when you start giving your tithes and offerings because that person says, I'm responsible for this place. I can't put all the responsibility on pastor. That's my responsibility too. I eat up the resources here. I enjoy the ministry here. I like the heat and the lights and the parking lot all nice and cleaned off of snow. And I like that salt out there so I don't slip and, and fall on my behind. Come on, somebody. And I like to go in the bathroom and have, uh, you know, toilet paper. Hallelujah. It's all a part of it, right? That tithe and offering takes care of everything that we have. It's a resource so we can get you the gospel preached and have a comfortable place to do it in. So that's when you know you're taking real ownership. You see, some of you got more stock in Target than you do the house of God. Some of y'all got more stock in Marcus Theaters. And my brother brought up popcorn. Amen. Hallelujah at the movie theater. So we are tracking this morning. 
than, than we do than we actually do the house of God. In other words, we're willing to give them more money than we give the house of God. How can this be? When our Muslim friends down the street got everything paid for cash. Their mosque is paid for, no debt. Their strip mall is paid for, no debt. You know why? Because everybody comes together to get the job done. And we got the message of Jesus Christ, and we complain that a preacher mentions money from the pulpit. Dear God. Why does it bug you so bad? Maybe you got the problem. Maybe I'm just a giant mirror to your own life. Maybe the word of God is. Amen. Well, I'm just here to tell you, we got to become responsible. If we want to see God do something great in this city, signs, wonders, and miracles, our loved ones saved, we got to get all in, all in, all in. The Bible says, assemble yourselves together. There are people in this church that want to get my time, but I look around and say, you don't, you don't even come to church. Why would I give you my time? Now, I'm a nice enough guy. I probably will end up doing it because I'm just a nice guy. But at the end of the day, you're not the first person in my mind. When I've got hundreds of other people that are here that are faithful week after week. And I think, what's the audacity of this person? Wants my time but won't come to hear the time I put in to the word of God to be preached. I'm going to move right along because I feel, I feel the anointing slipping away. Hallelujah. But it does. It matters to me. It matters to me. When you're not here, it matters to me. Why does it matter to me? Because I've taken ownership of this place. I feel responsible. It affects me. It affects you. It affects God when God's people are not all together. Look, we live in a throwaway society. If something doesn't work out, we just let it go. We don't fight for the things we should because we haven't taken our authority over it. And we haven't taken our authority because we haven't taken responsibility yet over it. Whether that be our marriages, whether that be our our churches, whether that be our businesses, whether that be our entire city we got to say, it's my city. I, I hear the stuff that people say about Milwaukee, behind Milwaukee's back. I hear about all oh, this and it's that and this other, as if no other city had problems. I learned a long time ago, you take you wherever you go. Amen. So you need to learn to take responsibility of your neighborhood. Take responsibility of the family. Take responsibility of the church, wherever people happen to gather together, take responsibility. If everybody else is throwing cheeseburger wrappers out their window just because everybody else is doing it, why are you? See, I'm preaching better and more commonsensical than anybody wants me to do. But, but we fall right in the trap and we're like everybody else. We don't take any responsibility. Amen. I saw a guy one time, an old gentleman in, on the south side, and I was driving by him. He's by a couple of businesses, kind of sandwiched between a couple of businesses, kind of in the neighborhood. And, and I, I drive by, and he was, he, was, uh, he was sweeping his front off and picking all the papers up. Drove by about a week later, same guy, same old guy, out there sweeping those papers and picking the jump up, up out of his yard. Drove by a couple months later, whatever it was, same old gentleman out there picking up his lawn, sweeping off his stew. I thought, why in the world? This is like a losing battle. But for him, it's not. Every day he wakes up and takes personal responsibility of his property. He's not going to be like the rest of the neighborhood and just let it just go to pot. He's saying, I'm going to take ownership of what I have because I value what's been given to me. That's authorization. That's when change happens. Amen. 
Uh, Luke chapter 15 and verse 4 says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which was lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, is if, if she loses one, does not light a lamp until she sweeps the house and, 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 and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Give me the portion of goods that befalls me. And so he divided to them his livelihood. And then the rest of Scripture says that he left and spent it all on riotous living. Now, Luke chapter 15 uh, uh, brings these three different stories. And they all have something in common. They all lost something similar. Number one, they lost something that was considered valuable to them. So the woman lost a gold coin. It was valuable to her. Uh, the man, the shepherd, lost the sheep. It was valuable to him. And the father lost his son, and he was valuable to him. They both lost, number two, they lost something that they were responsible for. It was put in their care and their care alone. And number three, they all did something to get it back. They didn't sit back and hope for change to happen. They all went after it. The shepherd left the 99 and went after the one sheep until he found it and everybody threw a party that they found it. The woman swept the house until she found the coin and then the rest of the neighbors, there was a party thrown for them because of that one lost coin. And the father, he did what? He prayed daily for his son. His son returned and a big party. They all rejoiced as a result of that. When you do nothing to get Back, what you had is because you never saw yourself responsible for it in the first place. And if you don't have responsibility, the ability to respond, it means that you have not been authorized. But if you've been authorized and you take responsibility, I am responsible for my wife. I am responsible for my family. I am responsible for this church. I won't get it always right, but I have, I've been, I have an authority. I've been authorized by God to respond, the ability to respond to their lives. So if something goes awry or wrong, it is my job. And if my job is only to pray, that's what I've got to do. All right, look at uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Let's look at how... We take our authority. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. We said this last week. The phrase take it by force comes from the Greek word harpazio. And harpazio in Greek means this. It means to pluck, to pull, to snatch, to do it quickly or suddenly, take it away suddenly. It means a sudden force of removal. Everybody go like this. All right? Harpazio. So once God gives you your assignment, there's no more time for procrastination. Procrastination tells you. In other words, procrastination is a symptom of not taking ownership. One day, 
One day it's going to happen. Church, you need to start taking dominion and harpazio some opportunities that God has brought to you. And those opportunities will turn into promotions, wealth, business, creativity, and purpose and destiny. Remember, your purpose is found in the need that's been set before you. So we need some people to get real about it. You are not in a rat race with, with the world trying to compete with them for the same piece of cheese or for the same job or for the same promotion. That's how we always feel, like we're always behind the eight ball and we're competing with everybody else around us and certainly there's not enough supply. No, 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 my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus and he has given me dominion, authority, come on, y'all, to what? Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Replenish, restore, restock. So anything that's been eaten up, my God, it gives me the ability to replenish it, to restore it, and to restock it back into my life. I just got to learn to take it by force. Not always take it on the chin. But if the devil does want to attack me, I get on my knees and say, God, you are a God who is able. God has given you dominion. What you need to do is stop being at the back of the line and start making your presence known, start making some noise as a child of God. Start getting your harpazio on. When there's not enough money, harpazio in prayer. When the struggle gets real, harpazio. When you need a better job, harpazio. Take what you need by faith. Don't take a back seat. Take what you need by faith. Look what the children of Israel did once they received their assignment in Exodus chapter 3, rather. Exodus 3 verse 20. So I will stretch out my hand, God said, and strike Egypt with all my wonders which I do in its midst. And after that, uh, he will let you go. Speaking of Pharaoh. And I will give you, I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be when you go, that you shall not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, articles of impeachment. Oh, sorry, uh, clothing. Just to see if you're listening. And you shall, and you shall. I'm watching too much news. Hallelujah. And you, shall be put, <laughs> and you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. Okay? Plunder. Everybody say plunder. plunder. All right. Let me slow this just for a second, and we've got to get out of here. <laughs> now, God says, I'm going to let you go. You're going to be free. And I'm going to make Pharaoh, I'm going to bend his will, and you are going to be free. Just follow my instruction. Before you go, I will not let you go into your destiny empty-handed. Just because you're broke doesn't mean God hasn't given you a destiny. Just because you don't have the supply yet doesn't mean God hasn't given you a purpose. Destiny and purpose is always there. But you do need the, you do need the resources to fund the destiny, am I right? And to fund the purpose. So we have a destiny and a purpose that faith builders have for 20 years, and we have been, we have been nailing that stuff every single year. 
And the way that we do it is we need the resources that have been assigned to us by the people God has come here. It don't mean everybody's got a ton of money, but it's everybody coming together with what they do have. And man, God anoints that, breaks that down, and then it gives you 30, 60, 100 fold return back into your life, which then that means there's more supply comes back in the house of God. And just, it's just, it goes back and forth. It's reciprocal. Now, so they have an assignment to go to worship God in the wilderness, to, to go and to pursue the promised lamb, the promises of God. He said, you're not going to go out of here empty-handed. Here's what I want you to do. He said, I want every one of you to go to your neighbor's house and knock on the door and ask of them articles of silver, gold, and tapestry. These things mean finances, right? It's money. It's, 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 um, it, is, it is assets. Now, I want you to do that before you go. And the Bible said that that was that what happened? And they did it, and they just mysteriously gave them everything. And they walked out to the promised land before they went to the Red Sea. Uh, they walked out with, they walked out with all of the wealth of Egypt, the Bible says. Here's what I want you to see. That when you have been authorized by God, don't you ever be ashamed or embarrassed of what God tells you to do. Because to him who asks, receives. Did he tell him to go ask him? Ask. To him who what? Seeks. will find. Did he tell him to go and talk to them? Seeking them out? Finds. To him who knock, the door will be open. What did he Knock on your neighbor's door. When God tells you to do it, you don't know. You think in your mind they're going to think I'm crazy. They're never going to talk to me again. They're going to ask me to leave, and they're going, it's going to be an embarrassment to me. But you don't know the work that God has done in the hearts of the people that he is sending you to. And so what I'm trying to tell you is when you've been authorized by God and you take responsibility to obey God no matter what, fear of rejection will loose you and let you go. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Your negotiation skills are going to be off the chart. And you're going to ask for stuff you never thought you would before. You're going to seek for things you never thought you'd find. And you're going to knock on the right door that's going to open for you. Can I get somebody to say yes? We're so embarrassed. We're afraid of rejection. I told a guy one time. He was a <laughs> poor guy. I, I know we have salesmen here today, and I, I respect everybody. But, you know, I'm trying to buy something. Amen. So I don't act a lot Christian when I'm trying to buy something. It's not time to witness. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get something. So, so I, I, it was years and years ago, years ago. And, uh, and I'm trying to buy, this is how long ago it was. I was trying to buy a, a dual tape deck because I needed to tape my messages so you had to take one, and then you had one that you push record while the other one did the thing. So you had to, you know, so I had to do that. I had to buy them. And so it was going to cost me, I think at the time it was like 150 bucks. So that's what I had budgeted. Well, I get to this place. I'm trying to find all the deals, and they want 200 for this and 225 and 250 And I'm like, I'm a 150 buck guy. That's what I'm going to get. So I'm looking at everything, you know, cheapest model, the best model, I guess. So I walk in, this kid's following me around the store. You know, he's, he's doing his thing. He's trying to you know, get a sale. So... Finally, I was just annoyed, you know. He said, well, sir, I'm, I, I can answer any question you have. 
I said, this is what I said to him, here's what you're going to do. Now, I didn't mean to say it like that. I didn't mean to be forceful. I just felt like, let's get to the point here. Here's what you're going to do. I need to get this, this whatever it was, 200 some dollars for 150 bucks. Well, sir, we can't do that. I said, I promise you, if you go talk to your manager, it's going to, it's going to happen. Just go ahead and make sure that you talk to him. So he comes back, scraping his head, and he says, I can't believe the guy gave me for 150 bucks. We never do that. I said, I believe that. Praise God. I believe that. I was able to take it. My point is most people would never just step out of the box and just get to the bottom line and say, this is what I got to have. Bottom line. And they can tell you your bottom line. Unless you're dealing with Rob. Rob, where's Rob? Rob G, well, he, he'll fight you ever. That boy, he's going to make sure he gets paid. Hallelujah. No, I'm teasing. Rob has given this church lots of deals, lots of people deals. But we talk about that all the time, don't we? It's like people trying to get something for nothing. But when the anointing of God is on something, he will give you authorization to get it done. It's like the key you didn't have before. Here's what you're going to do for me. Hallelujah. Bible says they plundered the Egyptians. That means they, they harpazioed. They harpazioed Pharaoh and his armies and all the people. They snatched it suddenly. They took the opportunity that was, that was set before them. We've got to learn how to discern our opportunities when they come. You're still praying about things 10 years later. Why? You got to look back and go, did I miss some opportunities? Yeah, you might have because this required that you go ask that person. It required you went and sought that out. It required you went and knocked on that door. Coming out of your uncomfort zone. One of the prayers that I pray over you daily is that the eyes of that the eyes of understanding be enlightened. That you would have eyes to see the opportunities that God sets before you. Proverbs 6.30 says, people do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving. Yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. Everybody say, devil, put it back. So how do you take ownership of something you don't have? Because you can't take what doesn't belong to you. That would be stealing. But look what it says in Mark 11, and I'm going to end up right here and we're out. Mark 11, verse 2, Jesus said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. He's asking them to go and steal a colt. Oh, you didn't see that? I don't want to have to read it again because I want to get some lunch here in a second, but I, I want you to see... It didn't belong to them, but Jesus said it did, okay? The Lord has need of it, and where the need is, you'll find your what? Purpose, okay? And immediately he sent it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied by the, by the door. Why was it tied? Because whoever owned it didn't want it to get loose. They wanted to keep it, right? Tied by the door outside in the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, what are you doing loosing the colt? Just like he said, we're going to ask you. And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, so they let them go. In other words, they said the master has use of it. He has need of it. And they let him go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw the colts on it, and he, Jesus, sat on it. Statement. 
Intellectual and spiritual properties are the foundation to attaining physical properties. Intellectual and spiritual, what happens in here, okay, property are the foundation to attaining physical property. If you can't see it with your mind and believe it in your heart, you can't hold it in your possession. So Jesus gives him a word of knowledge. You're going to find a cult. The cult belongs to me. In other words, when God told me about this place to believe him for this place, and we had no down payment, we had no money in the bank except for the flow that we had from week to week to take care of our own general needs of a church. But I drove by this place, and God said, this is it, and claim it, and I did, and I had to walk it out by faith. And all of you know that story. It's a great story we'll tell another time. But the point is, God I said, Lord, you got to show me in your word. Show me in your word. And that was the scripture God gave me. He said, just like I told the disciples to go into the place that was opposite them. Go into the place that opposes you. Doesn't want you there. In other words, this place was opposing me. I didn't have the income to, have, to even to sustain it from week to week, let alone buy the thing. Small crowd. That's all we had. But God said, it's yours. So he gave me authorization. Now he expects me to have response ability. Take respond to respond, come on, with his ability. So, so I then began to speak over, told the church about it. We still didn't have any income in the place. But God gave me this. He said, I'll go into the place that opposes you. And there you will find a cult. And what is it? It's tied up, belongs to somebody else. This building belonged to Marcus Theater. It had been tied up. Come on, somebody. It didn't belong to me personally yet, but until I understood that intellectually, got my mind renewed to it, until I understood that spiritually, got the word of God inside me to believe that it would always be somebody else's property. But when God told me to speak of his property, he said, you call it. And I said, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that this will be a place where the gospel will be preached and there will be a church to play. And God said, that's it? And I knew what he meant. He said, you're going to have to take ownership of it. I said, Lord, I claim this building for Jeff Pruitt and for Faith Builders International Ministry in the name of Jesus that we will hold our services here. At some point, you got to go public with what you believe. That's taking responsibility. That's taking ownership of it. And then he said, now when you see that cold, it belongs to you. Loose it. There are things in this world, sometimes you got to bind it up and sometimes you got to loosen it up. That's called prayer. Somebody say amen. Now loose it in prayer. And it ain't for you. It's for me. The Lord has need of it. And that need is your purpose. Now going, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. What's God asked you to do that's opposing you that's been tied up? You walk it out by faith. And when you walk it out by faith and take responsibility, God's power will loose it for you. Jesus. 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Be in health just as your soul prospers. Jesus owned that cult physically. Why? Because he owned it first intellectually and spiritually. How did he do that? He did that by revelation. What is revelation? It's taking a piece of God's word like he gave me in his scripture, and he said he illuminates it to you. It becomes light in darkness. 
What's revelation? It's seeing what you couldn't see before just a moment ago. It's like the lights go out and it's dark, and when someone turns the light switch on, lights come on, and now you see everything you need to know. That's what revelation is. And I want to challenge God's people, especially coming up into the new year, that you get your Bible out, dust it off a little bit, open it up. Hey! And I'm not just talking about maybe you ought to get out of your app once in a while and get out of your iPhone once in a while and, or get out of your iPad. Sometimes you need a paper Bible and get your paper Bible out and begin to read it and mark it up a little bit and put some time. I wish somebody... Because it's in that word God's going to illuminate to you and open your understanding. And now you got something to stand on and be responsible over. Because the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 21, 9, 29, the secret things, say the secret things, belong to the Lord our God. But watch this. But those things which are revealed belong to us. So if God, it belongs to God, the way you get out of his hand and into your hand is by way of revelation. That cult had no choice but to surrender itself to Jesus. I said that cult had no choice. Are y'all tired out there? Are you ready to hear this word? Give me one more minute. Let me get it out of my spirit. I feel like you're being set up and things are getting ready to be surrendered to you just like that cult was surrendered to Jesus. Property is about to be surrendered to you. That job is about to be surrendered to you. That promotion is about to be surrendered to you. Money is about to be surrendered to you. What you need, what you need is just in the wrong hands. That's why he told the children of Israel, go into the land that I've called you to. It's your land. This land is your land. This land is my land. That's what God was telling them. And he said, now you go in there and you dispossess the possessors. They think they own it. Just like the devil, little G, God of this world, thinks he owns your life, thinks he owns this world. But we got news for the devil this morning. It all belongs to God. And now then, he's opening my eyes and telling me what belongs to me. It's in the wrong hands. So what about that? It's time you harpazioed that back in the name of Jesus. Now I'm done. Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. You got to get your faith out there. Draw on your faith this morning and take responsibility over the need in your life. You've been authorized to bring change as you address it head on. But if you don't address it head on, that means you don't take responsibility. And if there's no response, there can't be God's ability. So why would he want to authorize somebody who won't obey him? I think everybody should just bow their head and close their eyes in this moment right here.